0: Thank you for listening to the Life Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. For more information about Life Church, visit our website, lifechurchww.com. I want to share some thoughts this morning something that Pastor Bob read last week from a portion of scripture that I'm going to read in just a few seconds, that something jumped in my heart and I feel like the Holy Spirit wants us to look at it from his word again and then speak to us today. And I want to see if this morning the same thing that stood out to me stood out to you. So I want to go back to Matthew 24 where Pastor Bob read last week. Jesus is responding to his disciples asking the question, what will be the signs or the signals of what you're talking about is going to come? And he responds by saying, this and Jesus told them don't let anyone mislead you for many will come in my name claiming that I am the Messiah that will deceive many and you will hear of wars and threats of wars but don't panic yes these things must take place but the end won't follow immediately nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom there'll be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come Then you will be arrested and persecuted and killed. I know Jesus is just the encourager today. But we need to hear it. You will be hated all over the world because you're my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and they will deceive many people. And sin will be rampant everywhere. And this is what stood out to me. And the love of many will grow cold. But... The one who endures to the end will be saved. The love of many will grow cold. And I remember hearing that thinking, and Pastor Bob even made mention this. He said, I want you to notice that it won't go cold, it will grow cold. And I thought to myself, if the love of many is going to grow cold, although many to me implies majority, it does not mean all. That means that there's going to be some which their love does not grow cold. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but if the love of many is going to grow cold, then could it be said that the love of some is just going to continue to grow hotter and hotter and hotter? And I don't know about you, but I think I'm looking at some people that that's us that they're talking about. Now, if this, if what we just read is transpiring and already transpiring and going to continue to transpire in our world, I don't know about you, but this is not a time to be far off from God. Closeness should be our number one priority to Jesus in all of our life. But if this is transpiring in our world, which many of it is, I want to be the one that is growing growing in my faith and the flame my fire for God being one that's just growing hotter and hotter and hotter and I don't know about you Paul encourages and in fact even warns us this in in, in Ephesians 4 he says don't you need to strengthen your faith you need to grow up so that you're not tossed by the waves and by every wind of culture I mean, you know, there's winds of culture blowing crazy right now, trying to get us deterred and distracted. But my dad, he, he taught me a lot of woodsmanship growing up. And he said, you need to always have in your pack these windproof matches or a windproof lighter. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, when it comes to my fire, my relationship with God, I want it to be cultural windproof. I don't care what blows. My face is fixed on the one whom my heart longs for. Can I get an Amen. And so I believe that Jesus, in the very next chapter, in the very next chapter, he gives us keys of how we can grow hot in our faith while many may be growing cold. And so I want to read from Matthew 25. Before I do, a quick background. Jesus, in chapter 25, tells a couple of stories or parables about the kingdom of heaven. Anytime Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, the king's domain, kingdom, his king domain, he's illustrating to us through story how he operates and then how we should relate accordingly to him. And in this particular story, he tells a story about 10 bridesmaids, also properly known as 10 virgins. There's five of them that were wise and there's five that were unwise. And in this story, there is a groom. And I'll tell you right now before we read it, The groom is Jesus. He's coming back for his bride, which is his church, but he is the groom. And the bridesmaids, they're us as his disciples, okay? Spoiler alert, before we even read it, you want to be one of the five wise ones, okay? So be looking for what they do and pay less attention to the five foolish ones. Matthew 25. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet him, meet the bridegroom. By the way, in this story, our, the lamps represent our relationship with Jesus, our intimacy with the Holy Spirit, and our readiness and our preparedness for His return. He says this: Five of them were foolish, and five of them were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. I want you to notice something. I don't have time to preach it today. But it's the falling of the sleep part is not. Everyone did it. It wasn't the negative part. But what happened when they woke up, listen. We all wane in our relationship with God. The enemy is always coming after our fire for our relationship with God. But how we respond before and after the great awakening call is key. He says they fell asleep. But at midnight they were roused by a shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out to meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So here's how Jesus finishes the story. So you too, my followers, must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. I'm going to preach from this subject this morning, buy oil, buy oil, not just on the stock exchange as a traded commodity. I'll talk about what I mean here in just a few moments, but by oil. Before I get into what I believe is three things that this text teaches us about how to grow hot, our fire for God. I want us to help from these verses, give us two foundational truths. The first one is this, is that everyone has a fire. All believers of Jesus have been sparked and ignited in our heart and everyone has a fire. Notice that the story doesn't say that the five wise ones shared one lamp and the five foolish ones shared one lamp. No, all ten of them had their own fire to tend to. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes, it says he came like tongues or flames of fire and fell on each one of them. In other words, everyone has a flame that they are in charge of stewarding. And I can say it this way. You have the privilege and the responsibility of stewarding the flame that God has given you. I want you to see what Paul says to Timothy, his young Padawan. And here's what he says to him in this. In 2 Timothy, says, For this reason I remind you, talking to Timothy, to fan into flame, fan into flame, the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. In other words, what he's saying is, Timothy, you got it in you. You fan that thing. You steward that flame. It's already in on the inside of you when I laid my hands on you. Now, I want you to notice this. It does give a scriptural precedence for when people praying for you, they can be a spark, but they cannot be a steward of your flame. Come on, get this today. They can be a spark, but they cannot be a steward. The five that were unprepared said, give us some of your oil, we've ran out. And they say, go get some for yourselves. Listen to me, friends. You can't borrow oil. You can't do it. Pastor Bob, you can't have Pastor Bob's oil, okay? And he can't steward your flame. He's your shepherd, But you have to steward the flame inside of you. He's a shepherd. He leads you to water. (laughs) He leads you to pastures. He leads you to the word of God. But he can't make you eat or drink. Can I get an amen? amen? Everyone has their own flame. Second thing is this. That the nature of every fire is to go out. Now I know, nothing's. you're not going to send to your friend the mind blown emoji today from today's message. That's not my point. My point is to not theologically blow your mind. My point is to provoke something on the inside of you by way of the Holy Spirit. But the nature of every fire is to go out. It says when the shout came about, they began to prepare their lamps, and they said, Our fi- give us extra oil. Our fires are going out. Every fire that is not kept fresh with fuel will go out. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how big it is or how long it has been burning. You know what kind of makes me a little just, whoa, about this story? Is it, or in Matthew 24, when Jesus is telling, he says, the love of many will grow cold. That means that there are many that are on fire for God right now, but they're gonna grow cold at the most important time. I don't like that thought, right? But the, the, every fire, every fire that's not tended will go out. If you don't believe me, scripturally, I'll prove it to you. Without wood, a fire goes out. <laughs> in case you didn't know, and you've never been around a fire in your life, and you've wondered, and be like, well, where's that in scripture? There it is right there. Without wood, a fire goes out, right? But if it can go out, I say we grow it, Till we never. Those are foundational truths that I believe we have to understand. Now, from this text, I want to show us how we can prevent the flame of God. Our relationship with Jesus from going cold. And what I believe is in the midst of what Jesus had just said in Matthew 24. Okay? First thought. Practically this. Fuel the fire. I know. No mind blowers today. But I got to be honest with you. I just let me pastor you this morning. And encourage you. Listen. You, the way to keep a fire from going out is you have to give it fuel. That means it needs to consistently be fed on the inside of us. We have to keep it going. If we want to keep it going and keep it growing, then it has to have fuel. Well, Caleb, what's the fuel? I'm so glad you've asked. It's what we talk about all the time in this church, that what fuels the fire of God on the inside of us is something called prayer. Can I get an amen for prayer? I'm not done yet. There's something called worship. Can I get an amen for worship, right? There's something called the word. Can I get an amen for the word of God? By the way, if these things, if you don't like the things that we're talking about, man, this, you might have to reconsider another church because we love the word of God. We love prayer. We love worship. And can I get an amen for fasting? Fasting also is it. Come on. Come on, Caleb, it's not fair, man. We all get a break for the next six weeks because Thanksgiving's coming. Don't talk about fasting right now. It's okay. Can we just collectively admit when it comes to Thanksgiving, as Americans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, okay? It's just the way it is. But how worship helps us with our selfishness and prayer resets our mindset right it's so great how the word of god just shapes our heart i just absolutely love how fasting will kill our fleshly desire these things are all fuel for the flame and they're also i believe push off the fire extinguishing things that try to come on our lives so here's what we're doing every single day if you're going to fuel a fire okay i grew up with wood heat and so my parents whenever they'd go to bed or when they'd get up it'd be like hey you're in charge you got to keep the fire, you gotta keep, it. I knew that meant that I had to put fuel on that thing, I had to not only stoke it, but feed it, man, I am just a professional wood guy right now, we have a wood stove in our house in right now, and I'm teaching my wife how to use the draft, and then I'm just like, here, babe, you, no, 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 wait, 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 you gotta be patient with this thing, you gotta babysit this thing, but once it gets going, girl, it gets going, right, and then I start preaching about our marriage, and I'm like, babe, we gotta fuel this marriage, and she's like, how do you always turn it into a marriage thing, I'm like, because I love you, baby, a fire is hot on the inside, I can preach anything, man, <laughs> to my wife. I'm like, babe, it's just like you and I. We need to be close. And she's like, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I'm like, it's in the Bible, babe. I'm just being a follower of Jesus. <laughs> but every day, we're getting wood. Guess what we're doing tomorrow? We're getting wood for the fire tomorrow morning. Tuesday, guess what we're doing? We're getting wood for the fire. What's that mean? We're getting up. We're spending time in the word. We're allowing God to speak to us. And we're responding quickly with repentance to his conviction and allowing us leading and guiding in every day. In every way, it's stewarding the flame on the inside of us. And it just, day after day after day, it has to have consistent fuel. Consistent I ordered something uh, not too long ago online and I don't know if you've ever done this, especially when you save up for something and you order it and uh, you get that email notification that says that it's shipped and then you click on the shipping link or tracking number and it tells you that it will be there like next week and you're like, oh man, what's wrong with the world? Why can't it be here today? Right? And then you wait. I don't know if this ever happened to you, okay? Maybe I'm the only unsaved person in this room, but I'm like the guy that, even though I know it's not coming for another five or six days, I'm keeping the browser open on my cell phone and I'm refreshing every two hours and being like, is it any, How how is it still in North Dakota? What's wrong with them? Frozen there in the tundra of North Dakota. And I found myself doing this. This is no joke. I kept refreshing, refreshing. And it's not like it got it to come here any faster. And then something, it was like my spirit man just talked to me and said, how come you don't do that with the Holy Spirit? How come you don't do that with Jesus where you're constantly checking in? Like, hey, Jesus, it's me again. I know it's only been an hour, but I just need to feed the flame of my relationship. I'm just checking in. I want to know if there's anything you want to speak to me right now, anything you want to convict me of. Come on, somebody. That's the kind of life that I want to live. Because you can't stretch, listen, you can't stretch out yesterday's oil. I think the reason why some of us are frustrated in our relationship with Jesus, we're trying to live on last year's oil, making it stretch out. He's got fresh every day. Jesus said, pray like this, give us this day our daily bread. God's got a daily encounter for us. And when we feed the fuel and the flame of God on the inside of us, guess what he does? This is the very nature of God is that he is a consuming fire. He shows up and it's just like gasoline on top of that wood that you've been pouring on with scripture and word and prayer and fasting. Can I get an amen? This is our God. This is who he is. In the Old Testament, there's Levitical priests that were given instructions on how to tend the flame and the fire of, of that was to be put on the altar for the burnt offering. And it says this, In Leviticus it says then the Lord said to Moses give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the burnt offering. The burnt offering must be left on top of the altar till the next morning. And the fire on the altar must be kept burning all night. In the morning after the priest on duty was put on the official linen clothing and linen undergarments he must clean out the ashes. I wish I had time to preach that. That's what some of us need to do. We need to clean out the ashes of that leftover from, and God, I'm gonna put fresh wood in there. If you keep ash piling up in your firebox, it just chokes out fresh wood. We've gotta clean out the ashes. You must clean out the ashes of the burnt offering and put them beside the altar. Then he must take off these garments, changing back into his regular clothes, and carry the ashes outside of the camp into a place that is ceremonially clean. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, come on, each morning, that's what we need to be doing. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood, fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offering on it. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out I believe this is a picture for us still today that we need to take the fire of God on our life, the, the fresh wood of his word and the fresh wood of worship and prayer and fasting and be keeping it. Notice how it says you have to keep the fire going. Keeping implies a diligence. Keeping implies a focus. It takes focus to keep a flame. I was reading this story, and I was kind of struck by the fact that, okay, these five foolish ones, it's not like they didn't know where to get oil. They had some. In fact, when they woke up, it says, we're not going to give you some oil. Go get your own. Go to a shop. I wish I could preach that. There is a shop that you could get oil every single day. He's called the Holy Spirit, and he has more than enough for your life. You just got to go to him. But there is a shop. But they had some. They knew where it was. And they had some. They just didn't have enough. And I'm thinking, what differentiated them from the five wise ones? And that word foolish, of course it means fool, but it also means they were heedless. They didn't take heed. Here's what I think happened. I think they got distracted. Hey, you should probably go get some Maybe some extra oil. Man, I got a lot going on today. And isn't it crazy how the enemy of your heart will try to overwhelm you with the busyness of life to try and get you to get low on the flickering of your flame. This is why I'm very pro using the analog version of the Bible. is because I don't find it coincidence that when I sit down to spend time with Jesus that my phone just starts going off with the busyness of the day. Or how about when you sit down and say, I'm going to set aside time, your mind just becomes flooded with all the things you have to get done. That's what's crazy, as Pastor Bob was talking about last week of these, how in the end times, there's going to, knowledge is going to increase. We have all this more knowledge and information digitally. I think it also lends itself to a whole lot of busyness and distraction. And here's why I don't like distraction, because distraction always precedes deception, And deception was the number one warning in the New Testament and what Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, it said, don't be deceived. There's people that are are gonna be deceived. Well, it starts by not being distracted. God, I'm gonna stay focused on you. Come on, somebody. Don't ever let the enemy tell you that you have enough oil. Oh, you got enough oil, sis. You go to church every week. That's like me saying, hey, I spend with my wife, I only hang out with her on Sunday mornings for an hour and a half. And you saying, man, your bear is just white hot, bro. I tell you what, you guys are on fire. You have enough. No, don't ever let them, every day we're putting wood on top of it. Or how about this? Yeah, you, I mean, you you got enough oil because you definitely have more than so-and-so. And I think it's interesting that our flame can get extinguished by distraction, but I think it always can also get distinguished by comparison. Come on, somebody. Stop comparing your flame and start keeping your flame and saying, I'm just coming after you, God, because of who you are and what you're doing in my life. That's the reason why. Can I get an amen? Second thing is this. You got to get around other on fire people. Notice that there's five That were wise, not five that were foolish and just one that was wise. There's five wise ones. There's a cultural expression that I believe is 100% true that we found today is actually scripturally accurate. It says this, that you are the average of your five closest friends. And that's true of this story. I like to think that they said to each other, hey, do you got enough oil? You know what? Whatever you got, you should probably get more. We need to be prepared. You're right. We need to do it. What we need to do to help feed the flame, again, we can't borrow somebody else's oil, but what helps feed the flame is when we get around other on fire people, when we worship together. That's why I love to talk to people. We almost do it daily in the morning as a a staff, not just as a church, but even our leadership college. We'll walk in and the first thing we'll say is like, hey, you know when God says this, do you think he meant this or do you think he meant this? You know what we're doing? We're kindling the fire with Next thing we know, we're laughing, we're high fiving, we're telling the other person, You're probably wrong, I'm right, and we're just joking around together. But we're stoking, helping stoke each other's flame. That's why I love asking people, What's God doing in your life? What do you think God's doing in the earth? We're feeding the flame. Even this week, I was telling Pastor Bob about what I'm going to share, and I'm like, Dude, I'm going to share on this story. About, I, I accidentally, when I get excited, by the way, I call him dude, okay? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's true. I get so excited. I'll be like, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, Pastor Bob. Um, anyway, um, I'm so excited to preach on this. We, this is a true story. We start sharing with another, one another thoughts. I'm mid sentence and he grabs my arm and he interrupts me. He goes, sorry to interrupt. I had a thought and he starts telling me, he starts preaching. And I'm like, dude, I already have that written down because God gave me that revelation but that's so amazing and next thing you know, you're like, let's go, let's go. What are we doing? we're, We're helping stir the flame. Godly community fuels our fire for the Lord, right? If you have settled, feel like you've settled in your walk with God, can I give you one of your places you can evaluate? You can evaluate your five closest friends. There were five foolish and there are five wise. Here's what I'd say to you. Pick wisely. Pick wisely. Because if you've ever had to start a fire before or try to keep a fire going with wet wood, it doesn't burn good. It's hard. Sometimes our relationships could be wet wood and we need to get some people around us that are, I'll tell you what God's doing. I love what I read this morning. God's doing this. And when we gather and we worship together, we say, come on, God, Pauline, let's get together. Let's pray together. You wanna spend some time praying together? It just helps fan the flame. Last thought is this, last thought is this. And I could not have my last thought not be what Jesus' last thought was from Matthew 25. No better person than to him. Last thought is this. We gotta keep watch. We got to keep watch because Jesus, the end of it all, how do you keep your flame afire? fire? He says, keep watch. So you too must keep watch for you don't know the day or the hour of my return. And I believe Jesus is saying, keep watch of what's going on. Keep watch for my return. And I also think he's saying this. You got to keep watch. Take heed of your own flame. Watch your own heart let me make it real for us this morning as we start to land this plane you have you noticed the condition of your flame your fire for god recently and if so where is it and be honest with yourself man it's flickering man be honest Caleb i feel like it's gone out has it waned in recent days if so what has been the extinguisher on it cuz we can have fuel for a fire and there also can be fire extinguishers things that we're allowing into our life to distract us friends we got to start we got to start watching what we're watching We gotta start paying attention to what we're paying attention to. And we gotta start listening to what we're listening to because they can be fire extinguishers. I'll tell you right now, what's not a fuel for your fire with your relationship with God, most of what's on the news and media right now is not kindling for the fire of God. Why? Because a lot of it's fear-based. It's not gonna be, are we feeding the flame with the wrong stuff? I just... I wish it was like that, Kayla, back when I, man, in my 30s, I was so on fire for God. Can I tell you this? It's not like the older you get, God says, I'm just gonna slowly start turning down the flame in your life. In fact, I prayed for a lady this morning. I, I don't, I don't want to even suppose her age, but I'll just say that she was older than me. And the minute I laid my hand on her, I said, sis, I literally see God just turning up like hand on a propane button on a grill, just, I was like, man, your your biggest bonfires are in front of you, not behind you. And today, I feel like God wants to encourage somebody that it's time to stop pushing the snooze button. Oh, I got time. I'll just sleep in a little bit longer. Friend, now is not the time to be found far from God. Oh, I just, I have, because one day, think about this. One day, there will be no more time. Just give me just a second, just a second. There'll be no more time. There'll be no more excuses. There'll be no more reason. Well, I just, I was just, it just—I was just—it was—I just, man, really praying. lot just sounds just really sacrificial, you know. If you really did a deep dive into the scripture. the the virgins, the oil that they would get it was about sacrifice, the cost that it was the altar for the priest, it represented sacrifice, it's saying God I'm going to set aside time because I want the flame, I'm not going to allow comfort to get in, I'm not going to allow distraction to get in, I'm just going to stay fixed on you, singular and focused of keeping the flame because here's what I want to be said of me and I think I filled a room of people that say the same thing you have said, God speaking, you have said, seek my face. And my heart says to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. It's my simple response to God. Distraction free, excuse free of saying, God, you say, come running. I'm come running. I feel like God stands with an open heavens over us today. Life church says, if you want to come and get it, whatever it is, come and get it. It's readily available. Let's stand to our feet together this morning. And I want to say this as we're standing. I want to end with a thought from my title. Say to you today, I charge you, I encourage you today. Buy oil. I believe, friend, that when it says the bridegroom was delayed, I believe we are in a delayed season right now. I believe we are in the delayed season right now. And what do you do when things are delayed represents testing. It's a test. What are you going to do when things are delayed? Which, by the way, we saw last week from 2 Peter, the reason why he's delaying is for our behalf so that more might come to a saving knowledge of him. That's why he's delaying. But I believe we are in a delayed season right now, and the answer has to be, what do you do in a delayed season? Our answer needs to be, I'm going to buy more oil. I'm going to buy more oil today what I want to do this morning is I got a feeling that if we're honest there's many of us in the room even online that say man that Caleb when you talk about if I'm taking an assessment of my own heart I can tell the flame is flickering a little bit it's not as fresh as it once was there's not burned fresh wood on the fire as of late well friend here's what I want to do today I want to do what my dad taught me when we would go camping He says, son if you're the first one up in the morning and it looks like the fire's gone out, before you get paper and before you get matches, go over to the fire and put your hand over it, and if you can feel heat, or even if you can't, blow on it. He said, because most of the time, There might not be smoke and there might not even be much heat, but if you blow for a good 20 or 30 seconds before you know it, you'll see a red burning coal. And I came to encourage somebody who feels like it's been a long time since they've been on fire for God. I'll tell you this right now. Your coal is not dead. It's just dormant. And God wants to blow on it today. We hope that today's message encouraged you. At Life Church, we believe that wherever you are in your relationship with God, there's always a next step to take, and we're here to help you find yours. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, or you're simply looking to get more involved in this community, we invite you to check out our Next Steps page. You'll find all the information you need by clicking the link in the description. If this message impacted you in any way, we encourage you to do two things. First, share this video with a friend. It's a wonderful way to share the love of Jesus with someone that you care about. Second, we'd love to hear your story. Click the link in the description to share your testimony with us so we can celebrate all God is doing in your life. We're excited to be on this journey of following Jesus with you and hope you have a great week.